Hello and welcome to the Sam Knows Podcast. I'm Barry Collins. In the first two parts of our series on ball band speeds, available now from samnose.com forward slash spotlight, we explored how the ball band industry became obsessed with speed and how the COVID pandemic finally made people realise that download speed wasn't the be all and end all. Now, in the final part of the series, we're going to explore what comes next, where the industry goes now that most consumers simply don't crave an even faster connection. I'll be speaking with Sam Knows CEO, Alex Salter, and Jason Livingood, a Vice President at Comcast, to get their thoughts on how the industry has changed and what the future holds. I started by asking Alex how the pandemic changed ball bank consumption patterns and what impact that had on Sam Knows. There's been so many studies into how the pandemic and COVID impacted uh, how people see the world and, uh, and self-isolation and working from home, uh, how it impacted families or, or people having to take care of children at home. Uh, but if I just focus on usage data, like consumption data of, uh, of the internet, uh, what we saw was peak hours downstream consumption grew 21% and the upstream peak hours grew by 35%. And, uh, and many ISPs reported observing a shift in diurnal patterns noting that their downstream peak moved from 9 p.m. to between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, and the upstream peak shifted from 9 p.m. to between 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So what we're seeing there is a real change in usage patterns. So pre-pandemic, we were very focused, Sam knows, we're very focused on measuring peak performance, which is in the evening, after people get home from the office. What we saw as a consequence of the pandemic is that peak moves into the day and actually it started very early in the day, specifically for applications like video conferencing applications. That's why you're seeing that upstream change in profile to, to first thing in the morning, 8 a.m. A shift in peak hours wasn't the only ball band change we witnessed during the pandemic. We also saw a rapid shift in the types of application people were using from home with the almost overnight move to home working. Suddenly, everyone cared about the performance of applications, something Sam Knows has been measuring and championing for years. Did Alex feel the industry had finally caught up with Sam Knows? Well, that's, that's a great question. We've been patiently waiting for everyone to share our vision. Uh, the whole industry has been built around speed um, and, and even only recently moved to looking at latency when you're running a speed test, you're running a test against a test server, and then you're using that result to infer lots of things around performance. But, but actually, if you want to know how well Netflix is performing, you need to test Netflix and not just send a, a ping to Netflix. You need to see how the Netflix CDM works. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think the consumers actually have become way more focused on application performance and the industry is catching up. But certainly from our point of view, the majority of insights that we're giving to people now are around application performance. Speed is less interesting to consumers. This whole industry has been built around speed. And the reason why it was built around speed is because it was a simple metric. Everyone could understand it. And, uh, and the marketing teams could use it and they could use it universally. And so if you go to the different countries where we work, Australia, Canada, the United States, Europe, uh, Saudi Arabia, other places in the Middle East, everyone is marketing on speed. Mm -hmm. consumers have moved away from that. They're less concerned about speed. And if you attend a focus group where 
consumers are being asked why they might churn from one ISP to another, speed just doesn't come up anymore. They're, they're not willing to upgrade for faster products that they don't see the benefit in that. Um, and we all understand why. Once you get to a certain speed, there is uh, limited benefits in going faster and faster. So what do people in the broadband industry make of this? I asked Comcast Jason Livingood if he thought the broadband industry was moving out of the speed era. Well, I think probably we are, um, but I, I think there are a few important things to bear in mind. One, I think certainly over the past 25 plus years of the broadband industry, um, the key way to improve that quality of experience for users has been to add capacity, to add uh, more you know, bandwidth to their connection and, and all the way through, of course, end to end. And so that's mattered. And a another aspect of that, which is important, has been the rise of content delivery networks, mm-hmm. which has uh, moved content closer and closer to users to reduce the round trip time and make everything much more local. And so sort of those two things together um, have really been a key part of why the internet performs so well for the applications that users um, you know, most rely on. But I think we're also getting to the point um, that you know, speed is not the only thing, or, or perhaps speed is not the primary um, or, or sole you know, sort of QE uh, metric that, that uh, matters to users. And to some extent, that's because you, you get to some point of, I think, diminishing returns where you know, after maybe 500 megabits per second or one or two gigabits per second, it probably matters less how much speed you deliver to an individual device in the home than how much speed you deliver to a wide number of devices in the home. Um, and in particular, how good the Wi-Fi network is in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up having all these other things. It's It moves away from how, you know, Classically, we, we sort of train users to run a speed test from one device, right? But it, for example, you know, we're working on a, you know, a multi-gigabit per second service and you, know, you really exhaust the CPU in an individual device in some cases by running um, that sort of a speed test. And that device may not have a network interface that you know, is two and a half gigabits per second or greater, um, and, or certainly even one gigabit per second or greater. So it becomes about not just the speed you deliver to the home, but to how many devices at the same time. And those devices, you know, almost in, entirely are connected over Wi-Fi. So what is that wireless LAN experience like? How good are the radios? You know, is it a mesh Wi-Fi? Do those mesh access points use Wi-Fi backhaul or Ethernet backhaul? Um, what's the reliability like? How consistent is that speed at off-peak and peak times? So there become all these other things that start to matter, um, you know. And so I don't think that speed becomes irrelevant. I think mm-hmm. it's still important, um, but it's we have these other factors that I think are rising in importance. Jason highlighted the importance of the in-home Wi-Fi on the consumer experience. Does Alex Salter agree that strong Wi-Fi has become more critical since home working became mainstream? Again, I think the consumers are driving the market. We're seeing this. We do a lot of integrations with manufacturers. Um, most of the leading manufacturers uh, have uh, integrated the Sam Knows Agent. And, and we're just seeing those companies release fantastic Wi-Fi products. And consumers need those because if you're in your house now and because hybrid working has become a permanent thing, you need to have good internet coverage throughout your home. 
And so, and so this isn't something where the ISPs are leading the market or even the manufacturers, consumers are leading the need for fantastic home Wi-Fi. So if download speed isn't the primary concern of broadband consumers anymore, I asked Alex, what is? Well, that's, that's an interesting point. When I think about what people are concerned about now, it's not one single thing. And uh, in the past, ISPs have marketed to groups of people. So, so either they market to all of their customers, so best network for this, best network for that, or they market to groups, so best network for streamers, best network for gamers. But in reality, if I'm a gamer, I don't play every game. If I'm a streamer, I don't use every single streaming platform. And, and what I really want my ISP to uh, perform well for are the applications that I care about. And mm-hmm. that's really down to the individual. So, so you might have someone that uses Teams, and they might like League of Legends, and they might use Amazon Prime, and those are the applications that they're going to care about. And obviously, we have tests for all of these applications. But actually, when I want my ISP to communicate with me, I want them to talk about the applications that I care about. If consumers are demanding more granular information about their broadband connection, does that mean ISPs will need to create tailored packages for individual types of user, be they home workers, gamers, streamers, or a combination of all three? I think it's going to happen naturally as ISPs have to work harder to win customers. And if you think about what the impact that self-isolation had on everyone, everyone became more introspective. They became more aware of their own individual needs. And I think that that's made generic messages less appealing. So, so I, wa- I don't want to be spoken to as a group. I want to be spoken to as an individual. And that is very true of what's happening in the ISP market. So if ISPs want to win customers, they will have to speak to them as individuals. We see this with companies where they send out a generic memo to their staff saying, everyone come back to the office. Yeah. The, the, the consequence of that is that is the people reject that. They don't want to be spoken to as a generic group. They want to be spoken to as individuals and, uh, and they want people to consider their individual needs. That's true here as well as ISP customers. I want the ISP to understand what I'm using my connection for and what I think is important. Does Jason Livingood agree that ISPs will have to better tailor their packages for consumers in the future? Well, I think that we're going to see a big shift, um, as we mentioned before, away from simply marketing speed or capacity uh, to all of these other factors that I believe consumers will begin to value much more highly. Um, and you you will also see, I think, greater differentiation between networks because of uh, their investments in some technologies and low latency may be one of those as an example. Mm-hmm. So I think that you'll see certainly speed remain a key primary factor in marketing broadband and in consumers' interest in you know who they choose as a as a broadband operator. But I think you'll see other things like working latency, performance, um, reliability, um, probably consistency. So the consistency of that speed delivery, the consistency of the working latency, and so on. Um, so the more consistent versus more variable at peak versus off peak, and so on. I think as well, security and sort of end user protection, things that can be built into the network to protect them against, you know, malware and phishing and ransomware and, and those sorts of threats. 
um, I think are important as well. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think the last one, which is a pretty big deal, is the in-home networking. Um, it's really clear uh, over a number of years that users, even if they buy their own Wi-Fi LAN equipment, expect help from the ISP in ensuring that that network is functioning well. And so what you see across a number of of markets, not just in the United States, but um, in in a lot of countries, is that ISPs have started to extend their offering and their perception of what they need to deliver from that demarcation at the customer home, you know, whatever that devices, you know, the DSL modem or cable modem or what have you, to include the the whole home network, if you will. And so um, that's clearly optional, but, you know, customers are increasingly choosing those sorts of things because they then don't have to worry about, you know, why is their performance poor in the home? Um, and that sort of, you know, has emerged as this, this key reason for why that performance is variable. And I think that's a few things that we've, we've started to see in different markets. The first step was that customer premise equipment, including a sort of home gateway or home router and uh, wireless um, LAN or Wi-Fi LAN. Um, and then it's started to extend to pods or mesh Wi-Fi access points throughout the home. And then a lot of intelligence built into that of, you know, are there certain devices that you want to prioritize on the wireless LAN, like my, you know, PC for doing video conferences at work versus my son's gaming console, for example, mm-hmm. um, or applying parental controls, or um, putting my IoT devices in a sort of untrusted VLAN or something like this. So I think those are some services that are emerging, um, and hardware as well in the wireless LAN that um, you know customers are increasingly interested in and will be. Uh, continue to be a differentiator. So as speed diminishes in importance, what other metrics or applications does Alex Salter think Sam knows will need to be measuring in, say, two or three years' time? That's a great question. The The reality is that we don't know what we're going to be measuring in two or three years' time because the applications that we will be measuring may not have even been released yet. That's the challenge for any company doing what we do. We have to consistently innovate to keep up with the market. And, and that's why we're not focused on speed testing. I mean, we we are the company that uh, defines speed testing globally. A lot of the regulation around the world is based on our methodology, but, but the market moves on. Consumers' needs move on. And so here we are now defining how applications should be tested. Does Jason Livingood believe we might reach a point where broadband becomes like any other utility, where there's so much bandwidth available to every home that people won't know or care what speed they're receiving because it's just on, just there, like electricity? I'm not sure. I, you know, at the moment, on some level, I think no, um, but it's a it's a complicated question. So, I certainly think that, like um, electricity we expect broadband to always be on and always be available and to be highly reliable. So, you know, just in the same way that I wouldn't tolerate the electrical power um, for my local utility here at home to be, you know, up and down constantly throughout the day, because then I'd have to have some backup generator and all these other sorts of things. I expect it to be, you know, always on. And in the same way, I expect my broadband to be always on and, you know, that in my home, that's a wired connection. But as I walk out of the home, I have a 5G connection and I expect that to be reliable as well, or mm-hmm. it might be a Wi-Fi connection outside the home as well. Um, so I expect it available, 
But I think what's different about the way we think about power um, and the way we think about broadband is, you know, I'm not, there's not something that I'm doing in my home where I expect, like I finish a task more quickly if I get more power or less power. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that I plug into the wall has, you know, typically kind of a fixed, you know, amount of power that it will draw. And it's not like it goes faster if I can get more power from the grid or less, right? Those things Mm -hmm. are fixed. But if I think about broadband um, and using the internet, I am very, very sensitized to how quickly I'm able to load a web page or, you know, skip forward in a video or, you know, what my sort of responsiveness in a video game might look like. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's the key difference is that with electricity, you have this sort of fixed output on an individual appliance basis. And it's not like you can cook my food more quickly with more power to my electric, you know, stovetop or something. Right. Um, but for broadband, I really want things to load faster and I'm very focused on that. So I, I do think that's a key difference and, um, and will remain so for, for at least the foreseeable future. Alex sort of agrees that broadband won't become just another utility and says Sam knows has the tools to prevent that from happening. We have lots of conversations about that, um, but we also have almost 30 million homes reporting into our platform and new homes coming online every day. And, uh, and we have even more mobile devices that are reporting back into our platform. Uh, we've spoken about speed fatigue and application quality of experience, but when I look at the data we're collecting, we have perfect visibility and our ISP customers do as well of internet performance in real time. So if you're a company with home workers, or an application with visitors from around the world, you can see everyone's quality of experience. You can see that in real time. Uh, so that means no productivity problems for your team, applications that work faultlessly, and perhaps most importantly of all, it would give us a shot at eliminating broadband inequality. So really, I think rather than ISPs being concerned about becoming a utility, this presents an opportunity to have a real value add, not just to the customers, but to society as a whole. That's it for this episode and this three-part series on speed. You can read the article that accompanies this podcast and the two previous parts of our speed trilogy at samnose.com forward slash spotlight. Until next time, goodbye.